sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Please hang up and try again. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. morning and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. Your host, Tom Richardson. Coming from an undisclosed location. Oh boy. If I sound a little bit down today, it's because... Something has invaded my sinuses, but we're going to go ahead and do something. I haven't done a podcast for a while, and I feel kind of guilty about it, because it's it's something I enjoy doing. I want to try to get the uh, levels right. I've been listening to some of my old ones with my wife, and I thought, well, I need to bump that up just a little bit so people can hear without straining I promised a while back to veer away more from the political realm of things, and we are going to do that. There will still be some of that intermingled in here with things that we will discuss. I'm working on some new uh, hookups here with my board where I can actually maybe get a phone call in. Now, the way that Anchor works and the way that I am on here, you know, I am not live. I, I would have to set that up in advance and, and maybe get some, if I can, I'll, get, I'll try and get some interesting uh, guests to maybe fill in the void where I can't. There has been in the in the news lately, uh, I've noticed that watch Tuck, Tucker Carlson on Fox uh, he's been talking a little bit about UFOs, uh, unidentified flying objects. The uh, government has a different name for them, unidentified aerial phenomenon. phenomenon. And there's a lot of people who are now starting to talk about it again. Now, years ago, I listened to guys that talked a lot about it. You know, there's the Ancient Aliens television program on uh, History Channel. I don't recommend it for any uh, godly or biblical background into this type of uh, study. They're interesting. I mean, if you if you can block out all the atheist ideals that come with it, there's a guy on there with the crazy hair, and you know he just denies God, but he'll he'll tell you all kinds of crazy theorem about aliens. Uh, any of us that grew up in the day where you know X Files was a uh, weekly staple, and you know back before that you had the Twilight Zone with 
Rod Sterling, also, Rod, I'm sorry, Rod Serling. Told you I'm not with it all today, but we're going to have some fun. We're going to we're going to look at scripture, and we're going to look at uh, the interesting backdrop of where some of this stuff comes from scripturally. Now, you have to take this for what it's worth. You have to take this and study it yourself, and try to understand just what God is trying to say in his wonderful book. Every biblical backdrop for this starts in Genesis 6. So, me being a child of the 70s, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 6. And most everybody who knows that they're where I'm headed here knows what I'm going to do. Ephesians chapter 6, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore take, up upon, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about uh, with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching therefore, or sorry, watching thereunto with all perseverance, supplication for the saints. I try to emphasize where it needs, and you know the the one that we need to emphasize there is 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 the uh, above all taking the shield of faith. We need to have faith in this book. We need to have faith in He who gave us this wonderful book, and that would be God. We need to have faith in Him to open our eyes to see the things that the world wants to make us swallow, I guess is a good way to put it. But as Paul wrote, we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the spiritual aspects of this world. And we need to be prepared for that wrestling match because that's basically what it is. He's basically saying, you wrestle, you're going to grapple, you're going to get right up close. If you're walking in God's shadow, if you're following the Lord Jesus Christ, there will come a day, and it should, it should be coming a lot, that you'll have to wrestle, you'll have to grapple, you'll have to come face to face with these entities. Now, you may not see them. That's not what we're saying here. What we're saying is you, in your mind, will always have these things to fight. Now, some people just shove it aside. 
and say, well, it's my old nature. Well, it is. You fight against your old man as well. But I'm telling you right now, we're, we're moving into a period that is unprecedented of any other period in God's history. You can take all the uh, craziness of our elections out of the picture. You can take all that silliness of, of what they want to do down in the uh, District of Columbia and just add it up to God told us about it a long time ago. Excuse me. We are, I talked to a friend of mine the other day on the phone and, and he was, you know, he, he had someone who, who used this line on him and he was, he was rather disturbed by it. He's an older fellow, but the guy said, you know, isn't this an awesome time to be alive? Isn't this an exciting time to be alive? And he, he wasn't really too up with that. Now I tried to bring to him something to think about. And we all need to take this to heart and understand it. You, Christian, you have been chosen by the Lord himself to live in this specific time for some specific purpose. And it's not to inhabit a pew. It's not to just sit there and soak up a bunch of garbage. It's to be able to fluently explain to people what is happening in the world around them. Matthew 24, uh, Mark 13, and Luke 21, I hope I got that right, are replete with Jesus telling his disciples, his soon-to-be apostles, his top tier of those guys what was coming they asked what will be the signs of your coming and the end of the world that's a pretty you know now that people have dumbed that down and 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 made into the end of the age or whatever you want to because the, the world goes on without end but We'll leave that for another day. Reading that could be your homework if you want some. Matthew twenty-four specifically, where we hear about all the things that will come upon this earth, and he also tells us in Luke to keep our eyes up. Don't let this stuff beat you down, because look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. He's, he's near. He's nearer today than he was yesterday. Now, that may sound flippant, but let me tell you something. You can say that he's a lot nearer now than he was 30 years ago. To breaking through those skies and opening up a whole new realm of wonderfulness for us. Now, there's going to be some rough and horrible times to come. Now, let's go back to the beginning. I'm not here to talk about all the Bible prophecies. We will be doing that, I believe, because it's something that is very important, and especially now because it's not spoken of much. Let's talk about why there are these 
signs in the sky that people see and not rocks just floating around or whatever. They actually believe they're seeing some kind of entity in the sky, some kind of, you know, unidentified aerial phenomena. And it came to pass when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. This is, I'm sorry, Genesis 6, for those who don't know. Genesis 6. Let's start with verse number 1, which we just read. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. What does that mean? Now, I'm going to give you two definitions of that right now. And I'll tell you what I believe, and I don't care what anybody thinks. But there's, two, there's two rules of thinking that people go down. Those that are afraid of being too Ephesians 6-minded go with one, and those who understand evil go with the other. The sons of men and the daughters of, or I'm sorry, the sons of God and the daughters of men are in one situation considered the sons of, or the, yeah, the sons of God are considered the sons of Seth. Seth was supposed to be a godly line, not the line of Cain, which was, you know, a little up and down the roller coaster. So, of course, then the daughters of men are the daughters of Cain. So there's, there, what, the, what this uh, untrackable, biblical, you can't even come to a, a, a reasonable conclusion with this without being a, doing a lot of backflips and uh, twisting of the Scripture, which we are told not to do, without coming away empty. And just saying, okay, well, it's a, you know, sons of Seth and the daughters of Cain. They got together and they became wicked. Well, you know, there's even to this day, there are people who intermarry between some ungodly, you know, uh, lines of, you know, a Christian guy may marry into a whatever, Hindu or whatever, and, and that girl could become converted, become Christian, or or whatever. I'm just using that as an example. But this 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 tenet of thinking that the sons of God were the sons of Seth, well, it falls apart. And we're going to go to the other direction. The more biblically fluent and believable direction that you can take here is the sons of God were angels of some sort. The sons of God were angels of some sort. Some called them the watchers, and there's all kinds of, you know, different things that we can talk about. And, and I'm, I'm doing this as a refresher for myself. I, I've studied this stuff for years. And the, the, the place where you go, because, you know, the, what does the Bible say about these sons of God? How do you get that? I don't want to throw the Hebrew at you just yet. 
No, I do not. If you go to Job, you go to Job, and you go to chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 6. Job, right before Psalms, right after Esther. Chapter 1, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And then, you know, the Lord has this back and forth with Satan about Job. The Hebrew terminology, and, you know, if you don't know a lot about Hebrew, again, I know enough Hebrew and Greek to get myself in a lot of trouble. It's Bana Elohim, sons of God, or son of God. That's, That's the Hebrew verse, or the Hebrew translation of sons of God. Now, do we need to think now that since the Bible, if, if you go with that Seth Cain line thinking, that, okay, the sons of Seth had the ability to go before the throne of God? I don't think so. I'm just going to drop that right there. That is the whole stone through the window that breaks that whole idea that the sons of God could be the sons of Seth and the daughters of men were the daughters of Cain. Why wouldn't God just say that straight out? He wouldn't make it difficult for you to understand. Now, people say, well, this is difficult to understand, that angels can become uh, friendly with women it says that the, in, in the, the angels of heaven will be like the angels of heaven, neither marrying or giving in marriage. These guys gave up their, their first estate, and we're going to go deeper into this, I think. And I think a lot of those who are listening to me maybe already know this, but I spread it around and get, them in, get other people interested. This is a scary topic and a very uh, controversial one. Yeah, you don't even have to go six uh, six chapters into God's Word before controversy starts, where people, oh no, can't buy that. Nope, nope, no. I've I've friends all along that just won't buy into that whole thing. The sons of God saw the daughters of men and that they were fair. They're good-looking women, and they took them wives, all of which they chose. They just took them. The word took actually means they took them. They didn't ask. They didn't come along and say, okay, you come with me. Well, yeah, maybe they did, and then just grabbed them and took them. Let's go on, verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. Now here's where we get into the sticky part again. There were giants in the earth in in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. This also caused a great wickedness to come upon the land. These guys supposedly, and this again, 
this is for you to study out yourself and try to understand if you dare, if you wish. I'm not going to force anybody to do anything. I'm doing a teaching, and this is something I know that if I took it in a church, I'd probably get run out on a rail. But it's there. It actually says there were giants in the land. Now, there's so many different ways that that has been re- reconditioned and, and mis- misconstrued and turned and twisted and, and flipped up on its head. That there were giants in the land. That well, they just mean that these guys were, you know, a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. They, there's talk through the scriptures of very huge people running around. Now, if you stand even at six foot and you go up against this guy named down the road, named Goliath, who was somewhere around 12 or 13 feet, you'd feel a little bit puny in his shadow. Og, king of Bashan, had a bed that was somewhere around 12 feet long. Now, I wish I had a bed that was that long. I'd you know, <laughs> a lot of room to move around. These guys were big. They didn't just have giantism or some gene. Well, maybe they did, but it, where did it come from? They have unearthed many skeletons of abnormally large humans. Some buried with their per- paraphernalia, their shields and whatnot. Now, what's this got to do with UFOs? Well, these angels came from somewhere, didn't they? I have my own. I think it was. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I wanted to say I have my own theory about UFOs and all that, and it, it varies from person to person. But when you look at it from a very studious side here and start thinking about it. Or either they're just lights in the sky to uh, mesmerize and entertain, or there's some thing to them that we don't really understand. There was a guy by the name of Dr. I can't remember his first name. I'm going to look it up because we're going to get into him a little bit deeper too, I think. Now, he's a secular doctor, and his last name is Hayek. And he, I believe, is the one who said these UFO phenomena, aliens uh, that, that may inhabit these spaceships, are not a phenomenon of uh, otherworldly beings, you know, in other words, coming from another planet, these guys are spiritual of some sort. That, my friends, is where we want to drop that at right there is, you know, these things are of a spiritual nature. They have the ability to take on this high speed that these things travel at and these direct right corners, you know, that they can go in without snapping them in half. There's something to these fellows. We remember what we read at the beginning. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and rulers in those dark places. We're done with chapter 6 of Genesis for right now.
Um, let's go back over there to Ephesians. Because there's, there's stuff here that it just, the church doesn't want to talk about it. And, you know, they, they're, they're wanting to, you know, get people saved and, and do that salvific, salvific messaging. Uh, and that's fine. People need to be able to go outside of their local church building and still do some study. Now, I'm trying to make it interesting. I'm trying to uh, bring something new to some and maybe something old to some others. Um, there's a, there is another Hebrew name, and it's used in the NIV, which is not my favorite version of the Bible. But they actually used the word in, there were Nephilim in the land in those days. Nephilim means fallen ones in Hebrew. Now, there's guys that will give you different uh, definitions of that. But to the best of my knowledge and what I've seen and, and from guys that I trust to uh, bring me that information, nephil, nephil uh, in, is, is fallen. And when you have nephilim, uh, the I am at the end of a word is just a plural. It's how you pluralize uh, the Hebrew. Now we have to, you know, look at a lot of things here. There's a lot of de depth to this thing. It's not just a, two verses in the Bible or six verses in the Bible and then we're done with it. You know, what is the purpose? What, you know, now in this day and age, we have become so technologically advanced. I'm sure that over the many millennia, there were men who that looked into the sky and saw things that they knew didn't belong there. But now we have all this technology. You know, we have our own flying ships. We have our own fighter uh, uh, pilot pl uh, planes that can, you know, at least track these guys a little bit better than somebody with their I Apple cell phone. So we need to just sit and think and let it stew a little bit. Now, I hope I'm not upsetting anyone with, with these topics. Th these are things that I want, to you want you to understand that what we're going to look at is things that you maybe don't know anything about. If you're just new to Bible study, uh, maybe you just read those passages over like a lot of us did for years and years and years. I did. I never heard any of this until like the last 10 or 12 years where people really started to talk about, you know, it, it was getting more mainstream. People have a strange view of, you know, if they believe that there is such a thing as alien beings of some sort or whatever they want to really call them, we have to be able to just sit back and say, well, there's things in our universe that maybe we don't understand totally. But the Bible is pretty plain. God created man in his image. 
these things that are bouncing around out there are created in some other image. Some people will say, well, they're created by Satan. Satan does not create anything. Now, their progeny from these interactions with women have obviously created something. And they've created something that does not have a human soul because God didn't breathe it into them. So they've become something otherworldly or underworldly. I do believe as we go along, and I'm going to wrap up right here very quickly, that there is, this is a fascinating study for those who have never been here before. And I, I want to stick true to form of what I call this podcast, The Removing Confusion now, some people say, well, I was never confused about that because I didn't think about it. Well, you were confused in your own way. Is this stuff that we need to know for our salvation? That's what the church is ingrained in you. Is that, well, it doesn't really mean anything about salvific nature of, of Jesus Christ and all that, and that's what I really need to know about, and I need to study the endless whatever. Well, that's true. I, I want you to be sure of your salvation. But let's go deeper into what the Bible has to say and just scare some people to death with the knowledge that we can walk away with. This is Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion Podcast, January the 26th. Good day.